0: Welcome to the Awake Church podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Great to be here with you on a beautiful day. Um, Hey, throughout the year, typically every year, the Lord will have us Go through books of the Bible, sometimes a little bit line by line or section by section. We and uh, there's some of those books that the Lord has highlighted to me. This year we intersperse that with some topical or themes or missions or things like that as well. But uh, one of the books or two of the books that I want to dive into was just mentioned. That's the books of Peter today. So we're going to take a leap into part of this, at least First Peter, part of First Peter uh, today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to do a lot of reading today. It'll also be up here on the screens. Um, But it's just uh, wonderful that we have this treasure God has given to us. The treasure of his word preserved for thousands of years for us, written over a period of 1,500 years. 40 different authors and how it blends together the words of heaven for us to help lead us and guide us help us stay on track, illuminates the pathway in front of us, one of the things it says about itself reveals truth, points us to God, and so even just reading the scriptures, there's a power and a blessing with it as well. So we'll be reading a lot of this today out loud, Um, some of the background here from the book of Peter, 1 Peter here and 2 Peter. Of course, you guys know Peter was Jesus' lead disciple. He is a guy that we can relate to and not relate to, uh, in that he would go out there and do stuff that no one else would do, probably say some things no one else would say. Uh, he's the only other person that we know of other than Jesus who's walked on water. At the same time, he denied Jesus three times, right? Went into that great bitterness in his soul until he was he was convicted and um, cried and repented, and then Jesus instantly, well, not instantly, a little while later, restored him, restored him to ministry after he left ministry, and then gave him this calling to, uh, he said, it, in, when he restored him, he said, I want you to tend my sheep. I want you to take care of my sheep, shepherd my sheep, tend them. So it really was a pastoral calling that Jesus put on Peter when he restored him to ministry. and gave him the same calling he'd given him three and a half years earlier, Come follow me. Keep your eyes on me. Don't get your eyes off of me. And then, of course, we see Peter through the book of Acts doing amazing things. Just a remarkable person. And toward the end of his life, actually, this was probably written, both of these books, probably in the last year of his life. So this is at uh, Peter's end that he pens these letters and sent them through And We'll talk about that into where it goes, but um, the year that this probably was written was probably around 64, which was the same year that many believe that Emperor Nero in Rome, Peter was in Rome, set fire to the city of Rome, blamed the Christians, and caused a huge persecution against Christians, which actually killed Peter and the Apostle Paul. Nero killed both of them. They were both martyrs but a lot of others uh, human torches turned um, turned Christians into human torches, wrapped them up soaked them in some like kerosene type thing set them on fire and they would be the torches in the city if you can imagine this was right in that time frame in fact when Peter sent these letters out he may have been dead before the letters reached their destination I'm not even sure it was right around those time frame but the encouragement from this life of this man who followed Jesus and had been to the depths of the despair and the heights of the mountain where he saw Jesus transfigured, pretty incredible. To hear his words and to listen to them and to apply them to ourselves because his words weren't just for those people. God is using those words for us as well. So we can pay attention, apply them to our lives. You know, Jesus did everything at the cross, but we then have to apply those things to us by faith. We can make adjustments, and healing is one of those things. We need to apply to ourselves. Jesus purchased it. But we want to apply it to ourselves. So many things are like that in the scriptures. So um, this first slide, you can throw that up. It's the only slide today. But just to give you an idea of where these letters are going, I'll read the first verse as you look at this. Peter, an apostle of Christ Jesus, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus. You'll see that up there. Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. So he's writing to, basically, that is the nation of Turkey today. It's interesting, the nation of Turkey. All of the churches in the book of Revelation, the first four chapters, they're all in there as well. You'll see some of them, Ephesus, Coloss, Lystra, all those are also in there. So this region is where the believers who are following Jesus, both Jewish and non-Jewish, took off to, were persecuted, left. And this is where they found themselves living. Instead of, down, it's off the, off the screen there. South of there is Israel. So they all, these people fled north and into modern day Turkey. So that's where uh, this letter is going. And I'm not going to read, for sake of time, uh, I'm not gonna read all of First Peter today. I'll skip some sections. And just to let you know, I'm not skipping them to avoid topics. But for the sake of time, we'll be skipping some of these things. So, because some of the things I'll skip will simply be, they won't apply to all of us. Some are written just for marriages and pastors, elders, and so So, anyway, um, let's keep reading verse 1. Those who are in Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen according to the knowledge of the Father, of God of the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Verse three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again. You know where he got that from. It's not, you don't hear that, those two words together, born again, very often in the scriptures, but Jesus said it right off the bat. In John chapter three, you must be born again. Peter's repeating this here as well, talking about that renewal of the spirit, being completely renewed and changed, transformed. Being born again, rebirth. To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled, and will not fade away. That's what Jesus purchased for us, an inheritance, undefiled, cannot fade away, reserved in heaven for you, which is why Jesus said, don't rejoice when demons fly out of people, rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. He's talking about this, this inheritance that God has for everyone who has received Jesus, confessed your sin Confess Jesus as Lord, received him into your heart. You have an eternal, imperishable inheritance that Jesus purchased for every single one of us. We should have rejoicing meetings just for that. Really, just the, the awareness of that. You can wake up in the morning. I have an eternal, imperishable inheritance forever. My name is written in a book that the enemy cannot erase. Or no one else. It's amazing, right? So he's referring to that, reserved in heaven for you, who, which is us, are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. By the way, Peter seems to be competing with Paul for the largest, longest run-on sentence. (laughs) With that one right there, right? While he's saying powerful things. Verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. So throughout Peter, both first and second, there's going to be one of the themes or topics that we'll read about Over and over, and it starts here with being distressed or various trials, suffering. The life of a Christian, a believer, I think it's mentioned 20 different times in here, just these two books. He's gonna talk about suffering, difficulties, enduring, going through various trials. And he is doing this along with some encouragement. And he doesn't want people to lose hope or lose faith. He wants you to be encouraged by the difficult things that we go through. Um, And we don't go through as many difficult things for our faith as many others in the world. I try and keep up some with the persecuted church around the world. And it is, boy, it breaks my heart. I can't think about it too much. But I do pray for them, and we need to... Also, for our brothers and sisters, there are between five and 6,000 believers that are martyred, that are murdered every year. And over 300,000 displaced from their homes every year. There are hundreds of thousands in prisons for their faith. Hard labor camps right now for their faith. Uh, America is not on the list of nations that persecute Christians. We're at the, at the bottom in there. You now There may be various people at your work or whatever that hate Christians, but as far as a national attempt to hurt, harm, kill, maim, we don't have that here. So we're very blessed. So our, our trials are still trials. They're different than so many of our brothers and sisters throughout the world. But we still have them. If you're alive and you've been following Jesus for any amount of time, you have endured some trials. And maybe right now you're enduring and getting through different trials, as he says, various trials, because they come in different forms. Um, some of the our, our brothers and sisters around the world are getting persecuted physically. Some are... Persecuted mentally, emotionally. And then, of course, we have the same common enemy. The devil, right? Prince of the power of the air that is saying stuff. He's doing things like this, the Bible says. He accuses us day and night. Day and night. He's bringing accusation against you. Sometimes it comes to you. Sometimes it's to others accusing you. Sometimes it's to God accusing you. But he is the accuser of the brothers. Plus, we know that he is going about to do what? Three things: kill, steal, and destroy. So he's trying to do all three of those things while he's accusing. Now, that doesn't matter what country you're in. He's trying to do that to all of us because he hates Jesus and he hates his bride just as much. That's you and I. And so there's going to be, we are in a war in a sense because you are part of the Lord's and the enemy doesn't like you at all. And it's not easy. In fact, some people, though, well, let me say this, clearly being a follower of Jesus is the way to go in every way. The peace of Jesus The love of God, being in this family, having purpose, having an eternal destiny, having a holiness that's his, having a relationship with God, unending benefits. At the same time, there are some things that aren't as easy for those that are believers. Um, I have a very close friend. Um, We were in ministry together, actually, not in the same location, but in ministry at the same time, I should say, and... um, Man, I, I, I knew his life really well, the difficulties that he went through and was going through. And um, he then left ministry, and then he left the Lord. And I remember talking to him about it. It so uh, hurt my heart in several ways. Here's what he said to me. He said, Matt, it's too hard. It's too hard. Now, here's what uh, the difficulties he was experiencing is that he had been abused as a young person. And so there was a, I don't know how else to describe it, but a homosexual spirit that would afflict him and follow him around, show up in his room, oppress him, all those things, and then cause other people with that same spirit, other gay men, to follow him around, pursue him, say things to him. It was like he couldn't get away from it. And he told me, he said, I don't want to fight it anymore. He just gave in to that. He said, it's easier to give in and live with that and live that lifestyle and live that way than to be a follower of Jesus. That was what he said. That was his words. Those weren't any of mine. And it was heartbreaking. I've seen uh, for many other people, you know, if, if the enemy, though he hates everybody, but if you are going to just follow whatever the world says or does, you are no threat to the enemy at all, right? You're not. But, you know, the enemy is going to pick off, try to hurt, harm, kill, steal, destroy those who are a threat to him. And that's every single believer, every single believer. So you see him attacking those who know their purpose, who are pursuing the Lord, who um, are stepping out in faith, living by faith. The enemy's gonna try, though he's a defeated foe. He's a defeated foe. In fact, every single believer has this, they have authority over him. If you're a one-day-old baby in Jesus, you have authority over the enemy. Isn't that amazing? Not over people, but over the enemy. So you have authority to rebuke him, not listen to him, not pay attention to his accusations, not give in to his lies, and not give in to oppressive spirits. We also can rebuke the things that come against us. You remember in Acts chapter 16, Paul is ministering and there's this woman with the spirit of divination. Remember this? And she's saying all these words. She's saying all these words during the day, during the night. She, every time he's around, she's saying all these words. It says his spirit was greatly annoyed and he had had enough at one point. And he turns around and he looks this woman in the face and he rebukes the demon inside of her and it leaves her body. And then there's a whole other issue start happening from that point. You have to read that chapter. But there are moments when. Yes, the enemy is going to, is against us. There's a moment that he harasses us. That's what some of those various trials can be. But we can also rebuke him. We can kick him out. We can, as it says in James 4, submit to God, resist the devil, and what will he do? He will flee. He'll leave. So there's... That's part of the war. That's part of I've got. To, I can't just expect things to go well. There are sometimes I have to fight. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will go. It's telling him where to go sometimes, right? That's part of what we get to do. So, but there along the way, the Christian life will include suffering. Now does Peter talk about it. Jesus talked about it very clearly. How about this? Jesus says, how many people will hate you because of me? So that says all. People who don't know Jesus will hate you because of Jesus in you. And that's the spirit of the world. That will grow over time, I think, where you'll see a greater and greater hatred for Christians, which is the most persecuted people group on the planet, by far, are Christians. That doesn't get talked about very much. But it's really true, and that's Jesus' words that are true. Anyway, let's keep reading here. Verse 10. I'm not sure how far we'll get today. (laughs) After this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. That's a great combination, by the way. Sufferings and glory to follow. Verse 12, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but they were serving you. One of the beauties of being a believer and having a transformed mind and heart is knowing that this life is not about you but we're a part of something much larger, a kingdom that cannot be shaken, but we are standing on the shoulders of those before us and those ahead of us we are serving now. Part of our, It's not about us. It's about him, his kingdom, and it's about loving and serving others and those that are yet to be born. We'll walk in things that maybe we start or that we help further. Just as we are walking in things, that those, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, they began. We're all connected in this kingdom through history, thousands of years. Okay, I don't know where I left off. But you, in these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Verse 13, therefore, since we're not serving ourselves, prepare your minds for action. Just part of our logo, take action. Keep sober in spirit. Don't be intoxicated by the things of the world. Not just talk about alcohol, but don't be intoxicated by worldly things. Be sober in your spirit, man. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Christ Jesus. In other words, live for what's ahead, not what's now. Boy, that's a big part of every successful believer throughout history was living for something that was ahead, not for that moment. That's that's big. The world is the opposite. Live for for today only. Live for me in my lifetime right now. What can I get? How much of this and how much of that? The Christian life is the opposite. Live for eternity. Go through hard things. Do difficult things. The reward is great. Be faithful now. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you. Be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it's written, you shall be holy, for I'm holy. For if you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, isn't that great? He's the impartial, perfect judge. Conduct yourselves in fear, which really means in awe and reverence. Conduct yourselves not with a spirit of fear, but in awe and reverence of this holy calling we have and a holy God that we're following. During the time of your stay on the earth, verse 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ, verse 20, for he who was foreknown before the foundation of the world but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Verse 22, since you have an obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, he says it again here, not of seed which is perishable but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring word of God. Verse 24, for all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. Chapter two, here we go. Therefore, putting aside all malice, all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Yeah, one of the beautiful things of a believer is that you are empowered to put things aside. You don't have to say, well, that's just the way I am. I've always been that way. I've always been envious or I've always been jealous or I've always been angry. I've always been this and that and the other. Guess what? You're a new creation. So things that aren't godly or godlike, you can put aside. Not allow those to rule. Not allow those to be a part of your personality anymore. Not a part of your makeup. Because he that's in you is greater than all those things. And he's given us authority to put those things aside. Like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. then of course, you know, Peter, remember how Peter got his name? He was Simon. He was Simon and Jesus invited him to follow him And then Jesus changed his name. And he said, blessed are you. This is back in Matthew. He says, blessed are you, Simon, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter. He gives him a new name. And the word Peter, the name Peter, as you may know, uh, means stone or pebble, small stone. He says, this is what your new name is. And upon this rock, and I have a feeling Jesus did this when he said it. Because he was speaking, he used a completely different word. He said, upon this rock, this massive rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overpower it. So he wasn't saying he's building his church on Peter, the pebble. He's building his church on himself. And these pebbles are to be built on him, right? There are three different words for stone and pebble here that are used often in this passage as well. Um, Petra, meaning the massive rock. That's what Jesus said. On, On me, the church is built. Peter is Petros, he's the pebble. And then there's Lithros, which is large stones that are shaped by people, like a cornerstone for a building. And that's used in here often as well. So that said, going to verse four, and coming to him, here's Peter whose name has been changed to be that of a little stone. He says, and coming to him as a living stone, speaking of Jesus, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also, he's saying not just me, whose name is stone, you're to be a living stone, The stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. So Jesus is offensive to many, yet he is the cornerstone that we're to build our lives upon as living stones. And that's what you do. You add stones on top of the cornerstone and build a structure. There's a picture, there's a metaphor here that Peter is using. And then he begins to speak about who we are, verse 9. But you, here's who you are, you people scattered throughout Turkey and us as well, you are a chosen race. Now, they weren't just Jews that were followers of Jesus. They were non-Jews as well, he's writing to, best we understand. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. That's who you are. If you want to know who you are, you're a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but you now are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Peter's establishing who they are in God. This is their identity. Verse 11, beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Just as we can put aside some things, we don't have to give into fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. And the enemy is waging war against your soul with fleshly lusts. You, myself, everybody, this is how it works. Uh, The battles that we face are not unique to us only. We're all facing, but we don't have to give in to them. We can abstain, it says here, and not participate in those things. And it's being intentional. I won't look at that. I won't go there. I'm not gonna have that type of relationship. We can make that choice. Ask God for help. His spirit will empower us to flee at the right time, to say no, to not give in. Verse 12, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Verse 13, submit yourselves to the Lord's sake for, to every human institution whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. Verse 15, for such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men. And he's gonna repeat something that's almost identical to what Paul says in Galatians. And do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Use your freedom in Jesus, not to sin, but to be a bond slave of God. Honor all people. Don't show favoritism, partiality, but love the brotherhood. Fear God, honor the king. And then let's skip down here to verse 21. For you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, As Joshua was talking about earlier, by his wounds we are healed. We can apply the healing he purchased for our bodies as well as areas in our soul or mind that need healing. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. There is a suffering that happens from persecution. There's suffering that happens from The enemy, in a sense, just accusing and saying things and feels this war that's going on. He's trying to stir up your flesh to get you to do all kind of things you're not supposed to be doing. There's there's a suffering, in a sense, of all those things. And when we suffer, we are not supposed to second-guess our calling or second-guess the faith that we have in God. We're not in the wrong place. We're not doing the wrong things unless you're convicted of doing the wrong things. But it's important that we don't step back and start losing our faith in God based on the difficulties that, and the various trials that we find ourselves in. And plus, we're living in the world. And guess what? Stuff in the world falls apart. Cars break down. Stuff breaks at the house. Heaters don't work. There's just stuff that happens. Basements get flooded. All kind of stuff, just being in this world. That doesn't mean that God isn't for us. That doesn't mean we're doing something wrong. You aren't supposed to navel gaze and try and figure out what's wrong when they're just stuff like that. Supposed to keep faith in God. I'm in this world. Yeah, there's gonna be some things break down and things that don't go right, and people are gonna be against there's gonna be false accusations. All kind of things. My faith is in God. I am keeping my eyes on him. He's protecting me. He's watching over me. And there are times that I need to fight. And I'm going to push back on this thing that's coming against me. Yes. But I'm not going to give up. And and like my friend, give up on God. Leave ministry. Leave righteousness. Leave the faith. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep pressing in. And I want every believer and new believer to know that it's not easy following Jesus. It's actually really hard and really wonderful. It's both those things together. It's much easier in some ways to just You know, give in, live the playboy life, have no responsibilities, don't don't take care of a family or kids or a wife, just spend all your money on yourself and travel all over the world and have sex with anybody you want to, all that stuff. Much easier, but following God means following the purpose He has for you, and there is incredible joy, and incredible hope, and purpose and fulfillment and wonder, and awe in the midst of the hard things, in the midst of the difficulties. We're called to endure. Jesus said in Matthew 24, those that endure till the end will be saved. Says it clearly through the first part of Revelation. Going to go through hard things, everybody. Going to go through tough things. Endure, persevere. Be like a soldier who's Not serving himself, but serving the one who called him into service. Follow me. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.